What's up, everybody? My name is Jeremy, and I just want to welcome you to the Awake and Sober podcast, a podcast about life and recovery through Christ. Today's discussion will be on emotion regulation, or that's a fancy word for saying, fancy way of saying managing our emotions. Hmm. We welcome back our good friend, Derek. What's up, Derek? Not much, guys. How y'all doing? Happy to be back. It's been a good, uh, say it's been a decent week. You know, I had a little sick, but feeling better. Glad to be here. Yeah, just kind of curious, James, how's it with your soul? I haven't talked to you in a while. My soul is doing much better than last week. Really? Yeah, much, much better. Good. And then you're here too, so that makes everything even that much better. Aw. Good. <laughs> Everybody's soul is good, not a dare. <laughs> yeah, Shane, what, how is your soul? You know, this was uh, the first week I didn't have to write a message in a while. And um, I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe cheering for the people that that didn't have to listen to me this week oh i'm uh, sure yeah but it, it was nice it was nice to be able to go to church this week and just be mm-hmm. um so i quite enjoyed it my soul is filled and we got to walk the uh the space for reclaiming hope today and so pretty excited about what's coming for reclaiming hope opening the doors and and bringing people in nice yeah, Very exciting nice. day. Yeah. Well, good deal. All right, well, moving on. We're, we're doing, we're talking, we're doing stuff and we're talking stuff. Managing emotions. <laughs> Managing <laughs> emotions. Let's dive into this because I'm, I'm interested in this one because I'm not in the realm that you guys are, so. What do you mean by that? I mean, I don't work at a recovery facility. Okay. <laughs> I, I work for a mortgage company, you know, I. You want to talk acronyms, we can talk all day about mortgage acronyms, but like the things that we're going to talk about here today, they're just, woo. So this will be fun. I'll have some good questions, hopefully. You don't have any emotional regulation at a mortgage company. No, what I have is emotional damage. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's been waiting to say that, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that early, though. That's, That's great. Right. It's all right. Thanks, Derek. No applause. <laughs> here we are. So do you have to be in recovery in order to learn how to manage your emotions? Do you have to be in recovery? Well, I would hope not, but I think everybody needs to learn how to manage emotions. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's an important skill that we all have. I mean, if I want a peaceful life at home, I need to learn to manage my emotions. If I want a peaceful life at work, I need to manage my emotions. If you just want a peaceful life, no matter what else. No matter where. We need to manage our emotions. On the pickleball court, on a disc golf course. See, everybody looked over. <laughs> I ordered some pickleball paddles oh, the other day. Oh, finally did that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Twitter quotes is true for my house. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be a great form. I have to do it. Twitter quotes is true for my house. It's going to be a great form of uh, that was your Derek exercise. <laughs> so... While you guys are talking about it, I'll be about it. I'll be out there swinging a little paddle. So that's awesome. That's emotional damage. <laughs> We're over here playing pong instead. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Oh my! Oh man! What a day! What a day! So managing emotions creates positive thoughts about oneself, builds healthy relationships, builds self-esteem for those in recovery. It aids in relapse prevention. Learning to manage emotions creates emotional sobriety. Now, we just discussed this for 
an hour at least. <laughs> yeah. What is sobriety. emotional sobriety? What is emotional sobriety? Is is it sobriety or is it something else? Well, uh, how are we sober from our emotions? So to me, sobriety. In Celebrate Recovery, we always talk, I have sobriety over whatever brought me through the doors. Whatever my struggle is, we would have a definition of sobriety for it. Um, and so for drugs and alcohol, it's pretty easy. I didn't drink, I didn't use today, but sobriety for mental health would mean I'm taking my medications, I'm seeing my therapist, I'm seeing my psychiatrist, I'm doing the things that I need to do in order to have sobriety in that. Um, because I'm regulating that state of mind. Mm. But I know that we looked up some words as we were talking through it of what sobriety is and because I like the way you challenged it. So he bring did. up your point. Well, be before we go on to that, I did find this Psychology Today article that basically says emotional sobriety is less about the quality of the feeling, whether that's good or bad feeling, and more about the general ability to feel one's feelings ouch. and i love it yeah i mean ouch how do we expand the how people view sobriety anyway i mean it's it's always been labeled to drugs and alcohol mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. alcohol more than even drugs mm -hmm. they like to say my clean time for the drug side my sobriety for the drinking side but yet emotional sobriety was just put said a different way it was i so, just said it yeah 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 and that's so then is it true sobriety because or unless we're going to change the definition because according to dictionary.com sobriety is abstaining from drinking alcohol or taking intoxicating drugs or on the other side being serious sensible and solemn solemn now solemn is being formal or dignified, not cheerful or smiling, being serious, characterized by deep sincerity. So that sounds really, what was the word you called it? Boring. Boring? boring. That sounds boring. boring. He, he was trying to think of that big word, <laughs> that, <laughs> huge, <laughs> that huge word that he said, you know, boring. Boring, it's just boring. Yeah. But can we take that then and say, can I be content in being solemn? Can I be content? in whatever that might be? Ooh, that's a good question. So for those of you listening, send us an email at info at awakensober.org to let us know, can you be content? Being solemn, can you be content in where you are at? Because I think that's gonna be a big key, but it's also gonna lead to what we, hopefully in the end, are trying to seek out of all this, mm -hmm. which will be joy. Right. Can I be joy? Can I be joyful in good times and bad times and inflictions? No matter what, can I be joyful in contentment? Can I be joyful through that solemn, that, that solemnness that I would have? So isn't that kind of how the Bible teaches us to do though? Be, be content with what you have, not strive for what everybody else has. And we hear a lot about happiness, though. Derek, you keep moving up to the mic. Just, well, it just, it was just the way he was just talking about the Bible saying uh, for us to be content in what we have, you know, not just as material-wise, but also in our spirituality. 
mm-hmm. and that as we keep building up, you know, don't fall back to where it was once was. Yeah. I just thought that might have been a point to bring up because, you know, when you hear when people normally hear that out of the Bible, being content with what we have, well, at least I got a roof over my head. I don't need nothing more, you know, mm-hmm. but I think there's so much more to it than just actual material possessions. Appreciation for? For what you do have what you do have yeah. well at least i got a roof over my head no <laughs> look i have a roof over my head i have food in the fridge right i have friends i have family that's finding joy in that contentment yes it's okay to be content in what we have but we, i have to find joy in it yeah. right so otherwise we're keeping up with the joneses and we're living like outside society yeah yeah so it's i love the question i but you had me thinking earlier about that word sobriety. And you, you did ask a fun question. Can we change the definition? Yeah. I've seen the definition of words change <laughs> a lot in the last two years. So, yeah, yes, we could. It has. I'm, it's true. But do we need to, though? Well, we don't need to change it, but we need people to see the other piece of, yes. of it. Yeah. Because sobriety means something totally different than sober. Hmm. I mean, you got to hear it in the definition through mm-hmm. dictionary itself, but yeah. sober and sobriety are two different things. Well, sure, one's a noun, one's a verb. That would be two different things. <laughs> I know. That, that's Just making one. sure you kind of have that blank look. Two di- <laughs> Derek's just over there shaking his head. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yes, a noun and a verb. I'm sobriety. Oh, I'm there. sobering. I'm sobering. <laughs> I like how you're sober today. That's yeah. really good. Nice. <laughs> you're doing a really good job at that sober thing. <laughs> so how difficult was it to learn how to manage your emotions? And what do you what do you mean was? Was. Well, it is right now. <laughs> but let's let's go back to when you first got sober. Okay. How difficult was it to to learn how to do that? I guess I'd have to break that down month by month. The first 30 days, it sucked. I was an emotional wreck. But most of that was like crying, it seemed. Like you, we're getting in touch with, I was getting in touch with the side I never knew, that emotional side of all the regret, the shame, the guilt, all those things. So I was an emotional wreck that first 30 days. But nobody ever taught me about emotional sobriety. Nobody ever taught me about managing emotions while I was there. We were, we were just trying to manage the use, not manage the emotions that were coming later. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, when I first got sober, that you know, when it comes to managing emotions, joy came upon me that I had given myself back over to the Lord and I've been practicing recovery. And that, But at the same time, I wasn't managing my emotions. So when the times came where my emotions started taking over, I had to learn, you know, I had to start stepping up to manage my emotions by speaking to somebody and that to get my emotions back in line. Hmm. But it had taken me um, damn near five years for, my, for me to start managing my emotions and my sobriety. Hmm. And do you think that is because, how long were you in the depths of your addiction? 20 years? <laughs> More? Like... Like we've we've 40? said this many times before, you know, you can become sober very quickly, but the effects of the addiction, and even if it's 
some kind of mental thing. The effects of that are still going to linger for years because what took us that long to get to that point might take us that long to get to the point of not perfection, but healing from. Yeah. Yeah. It'll take us that long to to truly heal from it because we can't heal overnight. Even if we break a bone, it doesn't heal overnight. And the, the whole thing is, is we see growth along the way, but we still have plenty of, of time to go and room to go and grow. Right. Because a lot of people will see a little bit mm-hmm. and then they, they're like, you know what? I don't, I don't need to worry about this anymore. I'm good now. I was never really that bad or, or whatever they might think. They might think that this is just all the further I need to go because they feel so much better at the moment. And um, such a, a sad thing to see because our brain will continue to heal for years, years after we quit using whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, even if we're taking medications, as soon as we quit taking medications, our brain goes right back to where it was when it comes to our mental health. So it's just going to be an ongoing growing and healing process. And Shane knows this. I mean, this week I was an emotional wreck. And I, I teach this stuff every day. And it got to the point where I was, I was trying to manage it on my own and, and I couldn't do it. And it finally just, the floodgates opened on Friday. And I needed to, all that stuff I had pent up for weeks, if not months, all came out in about a 20 minute period. Now it had been building up to that point, but I needed to do that and but that brings us to a good point of why do we let it fester? Why do we let it go for so long? Where do we begin? Right at the beginning. There's so many reasons why. But what are some of those reasons? Because to me, that's important for people to know. Like, what are the reasons that we don't share what the heck is going on inside of us when we know what the outcome is going to be? We always know what the outcome is. And that- we're never thinking about the outcome. In so the moment, in the moment, case okay, so, you know, just from from my perspective, in the moment, I'm just thinking about where I am at that moment. I'm not thinking about two days ahead, a week ahead, whatever, because I'm just festering in whatever it is that I'm dealing with. And as we're taught from young ages to as far as we go, men don't talk about that stuff. Men do not talk about feelings. Now we're getting closer. I was going to say pride. But yeah, pride part is, of it too, yeah. is a huge piece. But you're in the moment and, and you're festering and you're mad and you're angry. But Jeremy just said this was probably going on for not just days, weeks, but even months. So this isn't something that just happened. This has been growing. So each time after now I'm done festering, and I'm, I'm done being mad and, and everything else that I'm at, and we have a meeting on Friday and we're having a cigar, why hasn't these things come up? Why do we keep them as men? And, and I think you pointed on where I was going with it. Why do we keep that crap inside? Why do we let it build? Because that's our normal state. Because nobody ever taught us how to talk about a feeling. Right. <laughs> nobody taught us how to deal with those feelings. Right. Right. Heck, most of us don't even know what a feeling is. And I know we talked about it a few <laughs> Where's times. that feeling wheel? We've talked about it a few times. I got one in my bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always have a, I told you before. I always leave home without one. Yes. 
like American Express. <laughs> but it's it's weird. We, especially as men, we were taught feeling if you're expressing your feelings, you're weak. Right. Big boys don't cry. Well, and it goes back to our topic last week was effective communication. I was not communicating effectively to those that I needed to communicate to. And therefore, it just started building up and building up and building up to the point where it just has to come out some way. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good way. And it explodes out. <laughs> it like explodes. a volcano. Yeah. Yes. Just a little. Yeah. Just a little. It, so what can we do to ensure that we're communicating, that we're, we're talking about those things, we're not letting them build up? Hmm. Journaling? Journaling? You write out, you write out your There he is. There he is. <laughs> he's, he's made it back. Yes. It was funny because as he was sitting there thinking through whatever he was thinking through, I'm just staring at him after I asked the question and that light bulb came on. I was going to say, you can see did. the steam rolling out from under those things. Like, oh, I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking. I heard thinking. the wheels turning too. Yeah. Journaling, a great way. That is a good way. But. The overall thing is learning how to manage our emotions. So how do we learn to manage our emotions? How would you manage your emotions? How do you do, how do, you do that today? Express yourself. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, we, we, I, we did it earlier. I'm surprised this is the first song that came up, actually. Oh, I'm not. Uh, That's what I grew up on. It is not mm-hmm. the first song. Yeah. This is what he's talking about. See now that that takes me before recovery days, <laughs> way before recovery. That was, that was high school days. NWA. Yeah. Um, oh my. So how do I manage my emotions? I guess the the first thing is to admit to them. Oh. Because I like to deny things bother me. Mm-hmm. I like to that denial is not just a river in Egypt. But that denial is huge, right? It's, it's easy to say, I'm a man, I can handle it. And that's what we're taught to do, too. I'm a man, it doesn't affect me. Mm-hmm. I'm a man, I can't ask for another man's help. So I have to acknowledge those things bother me. And I have to set aside my pride and say, look, I'm weak in this. So do you wear your, your little cape around the house sometimes when you get super mad? I should, but I don't think it fits around my neck. <laughs> Sometimes I can't even get it over the head. You know? <laughs> or I maybe you it. fill out a butthurt report. The butthurt report would probably satisfy a lot better. Yeah. Because then you could really dive into it, and you might need some extra pages to really kind of journal it out, right? Lots and lots of journaling pages. You're welcome. <laughs> lots and lots of them. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's just all laughs over there. I mean, come funny. on. It was funny. It's, I thought it was funny. Oh, we've been hearing this stuff for years and years. You know, and, and a tissue for your issue. Hey, I still got yeah. that. Yes, yeah. I still got the gift that Christina made us. Um, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I mean, somebody come in my office and, and they'd start talking and whining a little bit. And I'd grab this thing down. This tissue was not really a box jar. And it says on there, a tissue for your issue. Yeah. So now that we can give it back, this is just, it's, 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 it's beautiful. Yeah, and it, I get it because it's nice whenever I have to take that step back and say, look, I'm vulnerable mm-hmm. and I have to be willing to be vulnerable with people. Right, which is hard. And I think you kind of touched on it too, Shane. It's admitting weakness. 
Yeah. And that was my, that was my struggle with it was I was, a, I, I was weak and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So my pride and ego took a hit and it just snowballs from there. So here's a question to you. Were you really weak or was it just your mindset that you were weak? Mindset. Okay. Because yeah. to me, I think a very strong person is going to be able to effectively communicate their emotions, what's going on in their head, you know. And and I, I struggle with that still too, you know. And I was talking with my wife and dumped a bunch of stuff on her, and she's like, "What about it? Thanks for dumping." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was more cohesive than regular word vomit, but yeah. But it was still dumping. Still dumping, yeah. Yeah. Well, because I had to get it out. And I knew I had to get it out, and and we talked about it more in depth afterwards because you know she needed some time to process too. And I think that brings up an important point too, James. Is we have to have that. We have to know who we can unload on and who right. we can't unload on. Yes, you know, a sponsor, therapist, you know, a mentor, mm-hmm. accountability partners. Yes, yeah. Sometimes a spouse, depending on where they are. Yeah. And- and it depends what it is. And, and yes, and hopefully in a healthy way. Y- yeah. Not in an unhealthy, accusatory, you should have did this because it made me feel this, whatever. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I don't like to, forgive me, Christina, I don't like to take everything to my wife right away. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times I want to bounce them off of somebody else to make sure that I'm even thinking in the right direction because I, I don't want the emotions to drive all those things. Right. And so there's a lot of times that I'd rather, I'd rather bounce it off of one of my, my brothers in Christ first, just to, just to make sure my, my head's even that I'm thinking kind of straight. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to, to really put it. Cause I don't want to tell everybody don't go to your wife because Going to our spouse is important, but there's also some things that I want to protect her from. Sure, but and also, do you want to protect her from the burden of what it is you're carrying? Yes. Because is it truly a burden, or are you just feeling like it's a burden? You know, like we were just talking mm-hmm. about. Was it the actual mindset, or was it, you know, you were thinking that, but you weren't really re- being weak? Correct. All the things that we have lied to ourselves about over the years, it's kind of weak. it's like a big marshmallow for those y'all just listening (laughs) james squeezed jeremy's arm and i'm not a small guy i'm not small oh gee but think of ghostbusters when stay puff was coming down a or the Michelin Man, or whatever. Are you whatever calling it was. me Stay Puff? Stay Puff, Mark. He was coming down the. I'm going to learn how to manage my emotions right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, if you don't, just throw your mic at me. It'll be okay. Oh, no, don't do the that because then you'll break it like Shane did. It won't be the first one I broke here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to save. I want to make sure what I'm telling her needs to be shared, and I don't want to burden her. And there's times that I think that I'd be a burden and I wouldn't be a burden. Mm-hmm. But there are times that there are things that I don't want to tell her right away because it'll probably come out wrong in my emotional state. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we'll go back to Proverbs. A wise man thinks before he speaks for what he says is then more persuasive. So I want to be able to think out and plan out what I'm going to say. I want her to know the truth, but I also want her to 
hear it properly and I want to be able to say it properly. Mm-hmm. So we're managing our emotions. We're learning to do that. What are some of the steps we can take? Well, I said mine, admitting them, but. My thing is I have been able to come to recognize when my emotions are going to a certain state that I need to call somebody. Hmm. When I know I'm feeling a certain way, I need to call somebody or, you know, if I don't call somebody, don't talk it out. It's going to go bad. Yeah. So better call Tyrone. And by somebody, you don't mean Ghostbusters. No, I call Tyrone. (laughs) Yeah, call Tyrone. For those of you who don't know what that is, Google it. It's a song as well. But it's, Erica yeah, Badu, very right? appreciative that you know I, I think, have yeah. the accountability team and stuff that I do. I mean, I got my sponsor. I can call him anytime of the night, and he'll answer. I have accountability buddies like James. If I need, if I can't get a hold of my sponsor, I call him and talk to him mm-hmm. at work. Jeremy always there for me and stuff, and that's very so. Having people to talk to, I think, is a big you know help in managing your emotions because once you recognize them, you can get them out before they go the wrong way. Right. Exactly. That's wonderful. You got any? No? This is a podcast, Jeremy. Can't you shake your head? Jeremy. <laughs> we want you to talk. I love you, and it was stay puff out of, out of love. <laughs> you don't, I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. It wasn't my intention to hurt your feelings, my brother. I love you. Don't be an emotional wreck. I don't want to see that oh, for no. you. Oh, no, no, no. You need I to call know. somebody, Jeremy. Yeah, I do. <laughs> do, we, do we need to hug it out? We need a lifeline. <laughs> oh my! But gosh. I think it's important for all of us to know our triggers, to know what what is going to. Am I going to put myself into a situation I shouldn't? Um, which then I have to really worry about more emotional regulation. Right. So knowing my triggers are important. Admitting them is important. Um, and letting other people know what your triggers are. Mm. Sensitive. And by triggers, we are not talking about certain things that are going on in the real in the world outside of us. We're talking about real triggers that could impact your sobriety or your mental health, your emotional state, your emotional state. I think that brings us into. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, the the DBT and CBT. Yes, right. and and for those that don't know, uh, DBT is dialectical behavior therapy. Um, just simply think of it as positive self-talk and, and learning to accept our emotions and accept things as they are. Um, more of like a, a Zen type of thinking mindfulness. Hmm. Yes. Mm. Mm. And then cognitive behavior therapy or CBT is more structured and goal-oriented. Goal think of question and answer. Thinking about changing the way you think. Yes. I'm learning the negative thinking patterns and turning them into positive. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Changing our habits. <laughs> no, I just like changing my thinking. No. Some of my habits I really, really enjoy. Like cooking those burgers on the grill. I love a good juicy The burgers, come on. The burgers are amazing. Yeah, see? But it's the sauce. No, it's Shane. It's the sauce. <laughs> Not I don't an even emotional wreck. I don't even want to <laughs> say you need to call somebody. <laughs> now, now I'm an emotional wreck. Yeah, I don't even want to. He was paying me back for stay puff. <laughs> <laughs> so, how can CBT and DBT help us though in in managing our emotions? How can it help us? I think it's it's knowing 
we talk about zones, right? What zone am I in? And you know, the hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Halt. Halt. Yeah. Yes. Um, are you in the rest area? Are you in the, are you in the slow, in the slow lane? Are you in the stop lane? Or are you in the go lane? Hmm. Is there a stop lane? Yeah, it's traffic. Oh, so it's it's five o'clock on Friday. Five o'clock on Friday. Okay, sure. Ouch. No, the stop lane is is I I I, I always want to stay in the go lane, and <sighs> if I'm mad or angry, I need to find my way to get back to the go lane. If I'm too tired, I need to find my way to get to the go lane. If I'm a little too excited, my ADD kicks in. I need to get myself back to the go lane. So in the go lane, we're talking about being calm, being happy, ready to learn, being okay. Yeah, but then that goes back to the coping skills. Yeah. Like what coping skills do I need to use so I can always try to stay in this in, in the go lane as much as possible? Um, whether that be box breathing, um, you know, doing something to get out of your head, fidget, fidgets, because Shane and... Fidgets, fidgets? Fidgets, yes. Journaling, drawing, going for a walk. Is doing anything to, and if you need, if you're tired, get some rest. We talked about naps on here before. Yeah. There are professional nappers. Speaking of are, which. Are you pastors? It's, it's getting close to nap time. And, <laughs> and it's what's, what's funny is, <laughs> is whenever I talked on Friday um, out in Kirkwood about managing, um, not really just managing emotions, but more the stress and the anxiety side of things, we talked about naps. Somebody brought up sleeping, having a good night's sleep. Mm. And I, and they said, but not napping. And so, look, you know, I'm not a napper. Lies, damn lies. But I stand up for you (laughs) nappers because I like when my wife naps. Mm. And so I asked them, I said, so what's wrong with napping? Help me understand, you know, if sleeping is good, sleeping six to eight hours is good. Mm. What's wrong with napping? Right. And they were like, but then you're sleeping during the day, you're shutting yourself off to the world. But can't I just recharge by? I was just going to say, okay, so if if there are days when I don't nap and I'll want to rip somebody's head off because, or I'll just want to lay down and take a nap. Just, I get that tired. But mm-hmm. that, that could be a physical thing more than a mental thing. But generally when I wake up from that nap, as long as it's not too long, because you can't nap too long, more than an hour or two is kind of bad. Once you do that, I feel refreshed and ready to take on the rest of the day. Especially if you eat and take a nap. You ever snack and take a nap? I always feel so much better when I wake up. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll try that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but then again, Derek and I are early risers, so you your your early is eight AM? Oh no, that's really early. My my <laughs> early I prefer early. like nine. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of days. It depends what time I fall asleep. I could tell you my body's not used to really over five hours of sleep. And so it just depends what time I go to sleep mm-hmm. because for some reason I, I've noticed lately I'm, I'm waking up at about five hours of sleep, which kind of stinks, but it, it's, it is what it is. It's what I've conditioned my body to right. do. Yes, exactly. Or it could be the case of energy drinks and drink a day. Right. And before, I mean, like after seven or eight o'clock at night, too. <laughs> oh, I take an, I'll drink an energy drink right before I lay down and go to sleep. Right. And, and he wonders why he tosses and turns all night. Oh, I think when I'm out, I'm out. I don't toss and turn. I mean, you I don't think, know. I'm asleep. Right. 
So I don't know if I snore and I don't know. Oh, you do. But I feel well rested when I wake up. So I don't know. I'm good with the five hours Mm. right now. Mm. Um, It makes me feel rested and rejuvenated. But okay, here, since you, since you, you, you brought that up, if you didn't have any energy drinks during the day, crash, what would happen? That's what I want to know. That's, that's the psychological experiment we need to do. The majority of days I go without an energy drink because I don't want to pay the price. So, and what's the price? The cost. Or the, the cost. Oh, oh, pay the price. Like the I actual, don't want to pay yes, the price that yeah, they're asking okay, for. Yeah. Especially, I mean, gotcha. if I find a good deal on them, they're on sale, I'm going to grab them. If they're not, mm. I'm going to drink my soda and be fine. Right, which still has caffeine in it. Not nearly as much, but yeah. I mean, my clean drinks just came in the mail, and th- that wasn't bad. Ooh, hello. Where'd that come from? Hello. Your mic picked that up. Well, yeah, that, was per- <laughs> that was the perfect time, actually. You were talking about clean drinks, and my mic, whoa. That didn't sound clean. (laughs) Not by any means. Oh, here we go. All right, getting back to emotion regulation here, mindfulness. Where does mindfulness, what does mindfulness mean to you, Shane? The definition is focusing on what is in front of you, not ruminating on the past or worrying about the future. So I guess you didn't need me to answer that. Well, I just wanted to know how you practice mindfulness. Oh, you said, what does it mean to me? I did. Being mindful. So I don't really, I guess there's many different ways to look at, at mindfulness. Um, a lot of mindfulness, when you look it up, is meditation. Um, I don't do meditation as, um, I like scripture meditation. I like being in the word and truly meditating on that and, and what is God saying to me. Um, the other style of meditation, I guess the one that I do like is guided meditation. Um, Laura Lee was very good at that. Um, doing that. That was the one thing that I really enjoyed. I guess they kind of did teach us regulating emotions, but they never tied it together Mm -hmm. because we did guided meditation when I went into treatment. Mm -hmm. That was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved it. You laughed, man. That was, that was like one of my, my favorite classes, lights out guided meditation. And there's not a platform out there where you can't even find a five, just do a five minute. And if you've never done it before, just do it. And you're going to, you're going to notice a difference. Without a doubt. Okay. Hmm. How do I practice mindfulness? Uh, well, I don't know, really. I mean, <laughs> I know I try to be mindful when I'm speaking to an individual because whatever they want to share, I want to let them know that it's important to me, even if it's something I don't agree with. I still try to be mindful of what they're sharing and being able to relate to them. All right. Being mindful. James, have you ever looked at it as practicing mindfulness or have you ever using the skills of mindfulness? Nope. Simple answer. No, it's, it's not, it's not something that's really cry. I probably have done a lot of this stuff. Like, like if we practice mindfulness, we, we look some of this up, right? And so we want a mindful wake up. We want to start with a purpose, right? So I try to do that every day. I, I don't know that I'm practicing mindfulness, but I guess I am. I just don't realize that's what I'm doing. So when you start with a purpose, how does your day go? Oh, much better. But if I just wake up and 
turn on TikTok, Facebook, whatever it is, and I'm not starting with a purpose, how does your day go? Pretty terrible, actually. Because it's just, yeah, not starting with a purpose means that I'm just waking up and what am I, I'm, I'm going out to turn on YouTube or something. And, and then my day just kind of goes downhill from there. So practicing it without knowing, and, and I love that piece, starting with a purpose. And so, I mean, anybody that's out there, what is your purpose for today? Right. What is your purpose going to be? Because I don't think there's anything greater than starting with a purpose. Right. And starting with a purpose could be easy as reading a devotional, doing a little bit of yoga, maybe some meditation in the morning, and then trying to figure out the rest of your day. Or scripture meditation. <laughs> or Meditating scripture. on scripture. Or yeah. you could even do... Yeah, any kind of meditation. There's so many different types of meditation, and all of them are good. Yeah. I would say that the thing that I like is when we're meditating on Scripture, it's about putting something in. All other meditation really is about getting rid of everything. And so one, one style of meditation, we're emptying ourselves, and Scripture's about filling, filling ourselves yep. with so that we can activity. actually give. Yes. Right. But there's also a need for dumping all that crap. Think about the months, the weeks, whatever it was, building up to your buildup. If we had a way to dump that through communicating with sponsors, mentors, accountability partners, but also in our, our mindfulness of meditation and dumping those things. How could that have helped you a couple of months ago? That's what you're asking, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't have gotten to the point where it it got. Yeah. What do you get to take away from where it got? <laughs> I got a lot. But what 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 is it going to be a takeaway, and will anything change for the future? Yes, the way I was doing things wasn't working, mm -hmm. and instead of saying this is, it was very simple. This is what I have to do, and I was just choosing not to do it and it's very simple because when i started doing it it's amazing how things change in just a few days right it's the little simple things that change and i know that if i continue to do this i'm probably not going to go back to where i was let's hope not yeah true i was i was playing another side through my head going will there be another situation that could come up that could almost do the same thing. Always. And so once again, it's that awareness. It's, it's knowing our triggers. It's knowing those situations. How is my body doing through all these things, physical, mental, emotional? Am I aware of all those things around me so that way I don't have to let myself get to that? Mm -hmm. And as long as we'll learn from that mistake and not do it again, it was good that we made it. We might not have liked the outcome or part of the outcome, but we could grow our greatest lessons are learned in pain and so grow through what you go through and that's that's all been a part of the process of this recovery and i hope that's that's the message we're trying to get across to everybody that listens to this is, is we've all experienced this and it's not like we're we're just reading this from our ipads or whatever it's we're living this and we're real <laughs> right here's what's funny they they are cliches but there's so much truth to them true Otherwise, they'd have never became cliche, cliche in the right. first place. Yep. It would have just been forgotten about. 
it would have been another dumb thing that somebody forgot. But because <laughs> there is so much truth and holds so much weight, they become cliche sayings. Right. So True. right after we met, and me and Christina had a knockdown drug out fight, right? Knowing that we had just met with multiple couples that week. Everything that we were sharing that has worked for us in the past, we didn't do that week. As we're sharing them, here we are in this little tiff that nobody knew. And God is just saying, hey, stupid. You teach this, practice it. You practice it. Whenever you practice it, your relationship is going great. And then I quit practicing it. I let my pride come up or whatever else. And, and I let those emotions come out because I'm not, I'm not practicing mindfulness. I'm not, I'm not practicing just emotional regulation at all or good communication. And then I have to sit, step back and go, what the heck is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing this for 11 years. You've been doing this for almost two years. Derek, how long? In two weeks, it'll be five years. James, how long have you been in recovery? 10 years. And how long, how often do we still fail? Every single day. How, how bad do we fail? Yeah. I was going to say, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that we don't fail every day, but we, we still have growing to do and learning to do. We still have to be able to practice these principles in all our affairs. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah. And so putting it to action takes practice. Mm -hmm. um, it takes discipline. And we just have to make sure that we do it. And we have to be able to come on even a microphone and say, I failed this week, knowing that I just helped walk my brother through it, and yet I failed this week. But what can I learn and how can I be better? How can I make sure next time that I don't allow that same thing to creep in and do it? Because I have the tools not to do so. Right. Right. And so I think that we need to go through a bunch of tools and let's give people tools, how to practice mindfulness, how to coping skills to get them through. Yeah. And I think it, I, I like that point you brought up, Shane, is I didn't when I got sober for the first time, I didn't care how my this lobe was talking to this lobe in my brain or this is how my brain's wired. I don't care. I just don't care. I just wanted to know I don't want to drink anymore and I want to change my thinking. And through CBD and TBT, DBT, uh, we learn uh, emotional mind, rational mind, and wise mind. Ooh. And I, over the last several weeks, I've been stuck in that emotional mind, not letting it out, not managing it correctly. You know, and that's reason and logic goes out the door. It's it's a reactive mind that I was in instead of responding, reacting, um, and I wasn't. I was only using my emotions to make decisions and not using my rational mind to, to do that, to think of things logically. Right. And the simple way of doing it. That's what, and I just said that. I knew what I had to do, yet I wasn't doing it. Okay, Paul. <laughs> Every well, week that Paul. comes up, don't it? it I do it what does. I do. Yeah. <laughs> do you do? I know what I need to do, but I don't do but it. But And then I went from, in, in the process of Friday, I finally went from that emotional mind the rational mind, and then somewhere in the middle, I got to the wise mind. And those two circle together, right? And that's where we kind of want to stay, is in that state. How did you go from emotional mind to rational mind to wise mind? By talking about it. 
by talking about it, writing down, this is the plan. This is what I'm going to do. And, um, I approached it from empathetically from the other person's, you know, point of view or the other individuals involved point of view. And then you start to come through and I, I know that I can manage my emotions and my rational mind together in that wise mind. You know, I can, it's, it's a balanced way of thinking. And I like how you said reactive versus responding, but reactive in that case versus proactive. Mm -hmm. Because if we're proactive in seeking these things out, we won't be reactive. And then everything that we do is a response, right. not a reaction. So, yeah, I love it. Just, it was something that I was thinking about while you were talking about a reactive, proactive, because we tell everybody, be proactive in your recovery. Go to meetings. Yes, sir. Seek a sponsor. Work the steps. That's all proactive stuff. And when we don't do those things, we get stuck on our fourth step because we get a little scared and our emotions get the best of us. Now we become reactive. And what do a lot of us that struggle with addiction do when we get reactive? Act out. And the way that we usually rat, uh, act out is using. That's why emotional regulation, I think Jeremy said at the beginning, helps prevent relapse. 100%. And so that's going to be in any area of struggle, whether that's mental health, because we're not getting reactive. We're going to stay on a proactive course. We're going to take our meds. We're going to see our doctors. If we struggle with anger, we're not going to throw a table at somebody, even though we may flip a table. Because we know flipping the table is okay, but, but hitting somebody in line with a shopping cart is not okay. Since yeah. when? I don't know. I just watched somebody pick up a shopping cart because she kept bumping them in line. So he picked up a shopping cart and threw it at her. Oh, oh my 13 yeah. year old did that last week. We were walking to the store and he was not paying attention. And you know, when the, and I was wearing my Hey Dudes here. Yeah. And it caught me right on the back of the ankle. Yeah, there's, there's nothing worse than that. But feeling. she just yeah. kept doing it on purpose. <laughs> oh, see, oh no. Annoying. I was at a full walk and it's one of those wham. And I'm like, oh. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, it's okay. So what are some things that we could do? What are some tools that we could have to make sure that we're not being reactive or being proactive? How do we, how well, do we, we find out more one. about the wise mind? How do we? I, I think it, time management and organization is key hmm. for emotional sobriety or managing our emotions. Because I'm one of those that's very, you know, oh, it's whatever. That's just my attitude. My wife, on the other hand, is not. She wants everything organized. Everything's going to be done at this time and this and this and this. And I am nothing like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah, it'll happen. Sure. I'll get to it. And then, of course, I end up not doing it. And that starts a whole other argument. But She's very good at a detailed list. Oh, my gosh. She, she will make you a good checklist that you can actually check inside the box. Nice. But I do think, I, I think it's important to have a, to, to plan out your week, you know, and, or plan out your day. You know, at the, in the morning you were, uh -oh. Uh, oh, right uh oh, that's Sasha, everybody. Um, <laughs> but you just, you know, practicing mindfulness when I wake up, okay, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. This is a list of things I have to get done. Yeah. And I, I know that these things need to get done. And I would like to do these things if I can. Yeah, it's it's really building out our day, creating a schedule. So being, you know, aware of our time, how much time we have in a day. No, but the, I think the, the importance of, of, of managing your time uh, appropriately or, you know, the way it should be is it, it, it does reduce stress and anxiety, which is part of managing our emotions. Mm -hmm. And then it helps us to get organized in life. 
you know, because we think we don't need it. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I am happier when I do have a plan. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Especially because there's a lot of, um, when you have that plan and then you have check boxes for that plan, there's a lot of, I'm completing this. I'm completing this. I'm completing. Ooh. So almost like mini goals, smart goals in a yes. way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it, it does make things a lot nicer. And then for the organized, I'm not an organized person, but for my wife, no, when not. things are on a calendar, she feels a lot oh, better. Yeah. About it. yeah. And especially when you share a calendar and yeah. And, and that's what we do now. Up, you can put it on there and then she'll give you the stink eye. What did you put? What is this on? The calendar? I put it on there just to make sure that you knew. When I was at Kirkwood the other day, Danielle was there and she goes, hey, I was trying to get a hold of your wife, but I didn't hear from her and I want to take you guys out to lunch. Great. Monday, what time? And then I put on the calendar and I get to come home and, hey, babe, we got an appointment for Monday, just so you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's on that calendar and I know that's what she likes and that's effective time management for her. But it makes my life easier and it keeps her happier well and it gives us control I, I i know too much control is a bad thing but it gives us control over our our time and emotions and it gives us a purpose to wake up for there you go it does or give two. us a purpose what are some of those things in mindfulness that we need to be aware of well there's eating mindful eating yeah enjoy every mouthful so you know, to, to practice, believe it or not. Yeah, this is this is an article on mindful.org. You know, you, you want to breathe before you eat. So I always oh. tend to breathe while I'm eating and I end up choking. So that's that's not a smart <laughs> thing not, to do. That's not mindful eating. No, that's not. <laughs> it's never not good when it goes down the wrong pipe. It's right, not. right. And then, you know, you want to listen to your body, right? Because you don't want to overeat. And if, if I'm eating something so delicious that I just can't get enough of it and I'm just scarfing it down, then I don't know when I'm too full and I need to stop eating. That's, That's hard. It <laughs> is, yeah. I going to say. If, if yeah. you're talking really good food, it is. But, I, I, yeah, I don't like when you get down to the last three bites and you're like, damn, I should have really stopped <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. But how do I leave this last three bites now that I'm overly stuffed? Yeah, because well, you can't just take it home. Well, what's the point? It's three bites. Yeah, so but if I would have stopped when my body told me to stop, I'd be able to have another meal out of this delicious food. But I want to eat it now. Right, exactly. So what else in mindful? Being able to just take that pause in your day. Yeah. Just, you know, a moment. When you, have a, when you have a thought and you're ready to snap. I'm sorry, I'm like too far from the mic. When you have that moment that you snap, and you know, you're ready to snap, you gotta take that time and pause. Think about what you're about to say before you go and say it. Rewire your thoughts and all that before you go forward. I think that's very mindful and practicing mindfulness doing that. Reframing your thinking. Yep. Yes. Yeah, here's a here's a good suggestion too. If there's something that you want to change, put up sticky notes in different places where you know you're gonna see, and then you can give yourself little reminders. I so I, I love the sticky note idea, but that's how I first got in recovery with the word process. So I, I had to put that word everywhere. That's right. Yeah. Tell Every, us that story. Everywhere I looked in a day, bathroom mirror, refrigerator, especially the refrigerator, right? Um, my rear view mirror on the car, 
my computer at work, all those things, everywhere I look, I had a, a post-it note that said process, a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Mm -hmm. The only reason I know that definition is because I've seen it every day for the first two, three years of my recovery. Years? Yes, years. Wow. Everywhere I looked, there was a post-it note that said process, process, process. So yeah, I mean, I love the sticky note idea. Never thought about it for anything else, but what a great way. Yeah. What a great tool. Yeah. In recovery, we tell people, trust the process. Yeah. Trust it. And don't, don't worry, we'll do a podcast on trusting the process. I love it. Yeah, so stay tuned. But in the post-it note, can you repeat what you said? Because as soon as you said it, then I started thinking about process of being on the post-it notes. Oh, my gosh. I hope just, you didn't uh, lose it. Just Yeah, just to remind yourself of your new intention, whatever it is that you want to change, keep those post-it notes. Put them into places where you're going to see it, like you said. Put it on your desk, on your mirror, on your, your underwear drawer. I mean, wherever you're going to see that so you can be cognizant of, okay, oh, that's right, I wanted to do that thing. So I would even bring that into where he said to rewire your brain and that in there. Mm -hmm. Self-affirmation. Yeah. So I want to see myself differently, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I can, I can leave myself some good thoughts yep. on there. So that I would agree. be, yeah. Creating new patterns within your brain. by Yeah. So it's, it's time to invest in some more post-it notes. Well, Amy and I, yeah. we just keep a dry erase marker in the bathroom and we write on the mirror and it's right there. Cause you see it. But what about when you leave here? Well, I'm just saying, when you, when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you typically do after you go to the restroom, right? Well, I have to unload, but yes, make that a short. I have dumping to unload, again. yeah, but then I'm brushing my teeth. Yeah, but I brush, I brush my teeth, and then I can see it on the mirror. Okay, never you mind. I'm just done talking. You guys just, you guys do whatever you want to do. You can see it on the I mirror. I don't know why I'm here. The dumping on the mirror or the, the toothpaste <laughs> on the mirror? <laughs> Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, jeez, Louise. So, but it, I usually Derek's here like for the, entertainment, but I'm, now I'm here. <laughs> but that's why I like that post it note thing. It's I could take those and put those other places on my work computer when work is driving me nuts. Yeah. I don't know if anybody here works in a stressful environment. Sure. Um, but it's nice to have that self affirmation or whatever it is yep. with me. When I'm driving down the road and I want to tap the person's bumper that's in front of me. I could have that self-affirmation that's there on the post-it note on the rear view mirror. So I, I, I dig it. I really do. What else can we be mindful of and practice to put, uh, put into place mindfulness? Go on, Derek. You're ready. Another way I practice mindfulness, I, well, it goes back to self-care. Yeah. You know, getting up in the morning, first thing I do, is, well, I'm like Jeremy, you know. I throw, <laughs> you guys don't. I throw water on. Do it face, together. Wake up a little bit, you know. Go to the gym. I don't do it yeah. together. When I get my exercise in, you know, that's to me. I think it's more self care than mindfulness. But so let's talk about you at the gym. What about it? Do you do you do you have a clear aim when you go to the gym? Like I'm you know, going to work out. You, well, <laughs> oh, if only, do you have a plan? Only, only we weren't eight feet apart. I, <laughs> Yes, I mean, days when I'll go in, I'll work chest and tries, or I'll go in and work 
back and buys or I do leg days, stuff like that. So there yeah. is a plan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't so done then, leg days. Yeah. So yeah. Part- <laughs> I did leg days. Uh, Look at those legs. Look at my quads, man. Yeah. He ain't done no legs. Don't make me flex on y'all. <laughs> I think oh, when God. he goes to the gym, he does have a plan. He's going to work one thing out. His mouth, yeah. So, but, I don't but, like people, so I'm not you, talking to nobody. <laughs> you go and you warm up, right? You're going to take time to warm up because if you don't warm up, you might hurt yourself. Right, yeah. yes. You know, then, then you want to settle into your routine, your workout, whatever you're doing. So by practicing that as mindfulness, that's helping you get through that workout, right? And then maybe not really, but sometimes you can try to challenge yourself in your workout and and do legs and, and do legs. I work out my legs, guys. <laughs> I work out my legs, guys. <laughs> and then after that, you're cooling down. Ooh. Right? Ooh. <laughs> wow, it's just took a turn. Huh? I was trying to feel the muscular. Legs. I'm just glad it's deflected onto you. I know, right? Let's go ahead and keep moving on here. And the next way of practicing mindfulness is in your driving. Let's, yeah, let's talk As about talking about Post's notes on the rear yeah. view. Let's talk about that. So the first thing you could do is take a deep breath. And exhale. And then you want to ask yourself what you need. What do you need? The to person to, in front of me to move. But do you need to feel safe or at ease? Or do you just need some relief? I need a need for speed. You need, okay. So then you give yourself what you need. Hit which the gas is, pedal. Which is speed, right. Oh my the person God. in front of me is in my way, so I need them to move. But move. Don't forget, though. Get take a deep breath. <laughs> you know, and, and, <laughs> and I don't know why driving is such a hard thing for me. I mean, I drive well. Other people just don't drive the way I want them to drive. Oh, no. Acceptance? Acceptance. Radical acceptance. Radical acceptance. If only I could do... Uh, my my first wife, she worked for the TSA, and we had six inches of snow or something overnight, and she had to be at work. And we had a PT Cruiser at the time, and we I got on that PT Cruiser, and that thing drove like a snowmobile in the snow. It was amazing. And I'm passing all these people, and people are, they're like inching over, I'm laying on my horn, get out of my way, because in snow, for most of you people in the south that don't know how to drive in an inch of snow or less, in snow, you've got to keep momentum. That's the key. Momentum is the key. And so I'm driving, there's buses going up a hill, because we took this road called Lindbergh up from Kirkwood all the way up to the airport, because it's just a straight shot, but it's, it's kind of up and down hills. And there's no real curves or anything, but I got there's idiots driving luxury cars with summer tires on it, and they're stuck on the hills. Buses stuck on the hills, and I'm just driving around everybody, laying on my horn, yelling at people, even though they can't hear me because my windows weren't down. But if only I could drive like that every day. That's the only reason. I could. Summer tires, that, summer good, summer bad. But if I could do that every day, I would be. I would feel so much better. Yeah, I had a Geo Metro that was like that. It was like on rails. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it was fabulous. People hate on the PT Cruiser, but little you know, three-cylinder car that thing was a tank. You had a Geo Metro. I had a Geo Metro back in the day, best snow driving car I've ever had. Was it a convertible though? Did they make a Geo Metro convertible? Yes, they, they, they did. did. It was only a two-door. Yeah, my cousin had one. Oh, it was hilarious. You could literally pick up the back end one person. Yeah, no, it, it didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. But and really, I need to figure. Actually, I guess I did learn how to do mindful driving a little bit to where I would even drive in the, the far right lane 
doing my fingernails. What? Yes. It does not seem mindful doing your fingernails. No. So you don't drive a self-driving car. You're filing my nails while going down the road. Why are you filing your nails? Actually, because did you have a drag show to do later that night? I mean, what? Dude, I like my nails to be filed. I can't help it. And and so it was it was doing something else other than concentrating on the road. Derek has my car right now. <laughs> he could tell you I have a fingernail file laying right next to the gear shift. And and if you put cruise control on that car, it will damn near drive itself. Yes, it does. It will stay within the lane, it'll slow down and it'll speed up, it'll keep a safe distance. And so I can literally go down the road. And I, I keep my knee underneath the steering wheel, but that's the one way I can not get angry on the road. Kids don't try that at home. Don't. Well, hopefully they're not listening. But, I mean, if they are, don't do what I do. Do. As I say. Don't. Do as I say, not as I do. But, do. I mean, is that not mindfulness? Am I, am I not being, am I not taking myself out of that bad situation, not allowing myself to get angry? And you're practicing some self-care by filing your nails and making them pretty. Getting me a Manny. That's right. There you go. Doing my own personal Manny. Yeah. I'm so glad we talked about this. Right. (laughs) I think it's about time to wrap this thing up, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And since this is a little bit of self-care, I mean, we went through these things that they could practice when it comes to mindfulness. What are some things that we could practice when it comes to self-care? Exercise. Exercise, eating right, getting a good amount of sleep, drink plenty of water. Mm. What the? <laughs> a good night's sleep, eat, which is part of even mindfulness. Take time for yourself. Mm. I don't care if it's five minutes a day, but take do something for yourself every day. If we're gonna be biblical about it, take your Sabbath. Yes, mm. take your Sabbath and start somewhere. And even if you don't have a full twenty-four hours even, to, to yes. do it. Start somewhere. But now that the Supreme Court has ruled that the Postal Service does not have the right to tell Christians to work on a Sunday, that may change for a lot of people who may be the only day that they could have off is a Sunday, but they don't because they have to work every other day of the week. You know, So something to keep in mind. And the Sabbath don't have to be Sunday. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Correct. You know, and if you could only do nine hours, eight hours, five hours. Heck, if you can only do one hour at the very beginning, delight in the Lord. Spend time with God. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. That's what's going to truly, in the end, regulate your emotions. What were we going to say, Derek? Amen, that's right. <laughs> Amen, that's right. That's right. All right, all right. No self-care, building a support network. Hmm. That's huge. Accountability partners, mentors, having that person or that group of people that you can trust in and um, unload on. Your key word. <laughs> trust. Trust. Yeah. I thought you were going to say unload. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I was waiting for it. Where is this going? Yeah. You're this. dumping and unloading. <laughs> so seeking wise counsel yes. to help you remain emotionally regulated or regulated your emotions. We have to seek wise counsel. That that doesn't mean 
go to somebody that's going to tell me what I want to hear, mm. but tell me what I need to hear. Challenge you. Yes. yes. Um, also, if I'm having an issue with my wife, one that's not going to say, forget her. You should leave her. No, I'm going to, it would be that person that says, what is your part in that? What are you going to do about that? Because you're not leaving. That's not an option. Mm. So having those people that are really going to give us godly advice, biblical sound advice, that's who we need to really search for and, and have pour into us. So I would say, be wise in who you choose and be wise in what you say. Yes. And leave family out of it. And, and I think the one thing I would like to hit on on top of that, um, building your support network is, is seek professional help. Mm -hmm. I, I always say my therapist has a therapist who has a therapist. Right. And you don't have to be an addict to, to be in recovery from something. I mean, everybody struggles with something. And being able to unload that on somebody who's a professional who can walk you through that is so important. Yeah, I'd like to point out, though, as you said, you don't have to be in recovery to do that. When I started speaking to my therapist, we didn't discuss my recovery right. one bit. It was all everything else that we discussed. So, yeah. I was going to say something, but it was nice to hear Derek's voice and forgot what I was going to say. All righty then. Oh. You made me forgetful. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> Did you have anything else under self-care? I mean, self-care is the, the key to most things, but. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, you know, touching on what we talked about earlier, halt. Don't let yourself get too hungry, angry, and lonely, or tired. You know? I'm starving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting there. <laughs> I, I am too. I am too. It's the middle of the afternoon. Right. Um, so yeah, I just think that and and and, and learn some tools. We're gonna link some some of these websites on here. There's DBT self-help, therapist aid. Um, I know it is a lot of therapy tools, but anybody can go on there and print anything off. And it's, it's it doesn't mean you're crazy. It does not mean you're crazy. It means you want to know more about yourself. Having, yeah. a, having a therapist that could help you process things, but also not connected to your circle. Yes. Mm. There's no judgment. Um, also known as an uninterested third party. Yes. Yeah. The only thing they're interested in is you, you. getting better. Mm -hmm. They're going to always pull it back to you. Yeah. And that's what a good therapist will do is pull it back to you. But it's, and I said earlier, leave your family out. Like don't go to mom and dad or brother and sister for your advice. Right. Because they are emotionally attached to you. And we're, we're trying not to be emotional. We're trying to use the wise mind. Mm. And so pick somebody that either can be as neutral as possible or I like seeking help by mm. a therapist because they don't have a ties to the family. They're not going to view my wife differently because I was complaining about her because I was emotional. Right. And then when I go back to my regular state of mind, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? But now all the people that are close to me look at my wife and say, yeah. Oh, she's a tramp or whatever, yeah. Well, what was that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what was that? Oh. Was that you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just to remark about, you know, somebody tries to say your wife's a tramp. We're like, no, we don't say that. Oh. I thought you were singing some song from Lady and the Tramp or something like that. Right, that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, no matter what you're complaining about about your, your wife, whenever we complain to our family, they're going to view her in that light, no matter what. Right. They're always going to choose us. 
right because we're blood yep and so they're going to choose us and we don't want anybody to ever view our wives any other way but the love of our life amen so. mm-hmm. awesome anything else any any wise words i think you had a couple of scriptures about yeah and it will Proverbs 1 5, it's where it talk, we were talking about how uh, ignorant people go and get around other, you know, seek false counsel as the wise look out wise counsel. You scared me at first, seeking out false counsel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that, that's not where I was hoping no. we would go. No. It's the ignorant people look for, go you know, with false counsel as wise individuals look for wise counsel. Or Psalm 49 3, my mouth will speak words of wisdom. Mm. I like my daughter just sent me this one Colossians 3.23 work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people amen that's awesome no no is it, well, a, is it in like Thessalonians or something Colossians Thessalonians Thessalonians whatever she said hey look thank you guys for joining in um We'd love to hear from you. Info at awakensober.org is a way to, to contact us. You can find us on anywhere you can find a podcast. We are there and ready to join you. So on your journey. You guys have a good night. See you next week. Talk to you later, guys. And gals. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Mm. Amen.